Dunk, do you remember the first album or single that you ever owned? Yeah. Um, Poison, open up and say, ah. <laughs> nice. Tape. That's the yes. first one I ever owned. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, C.C. DeVille. Yeah. What a guitarist. He Brett did. Michaels. Yeah. Brett Michaels isn't looking quite so flash these days, but... You Ricky know. Rocket. I can't remember the bass player's name. What was the Big Poison single off that... What was their big one off that album? Oh. Um... Open up and say ah was the actual album was it? Yeah, um, there was a big and... single. Oh, I, can't, I said I can't. something I did, and my words not come out right. What's that song? Oh, um, every rose has its thorn. Yes, that's it, yes, that's it was it. on Rage. Every, every second. rose has its thorn. That's probably their biggest hit. Yeah, yeah, and so I'm assuming that if that was your first <laughs> album. That that probably lit, that lit, the the, lit the fire of, uh, you know, guitar playing and introduced you to shredding <laughs> and all that stuff, right? Everything is about the guitar solo. <laughs> exactly. You know, sooner or later, everyone's going to come to realize that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then the 90s went and fucked all that up, didn't they? Well, yeah, it's been, I feel like it's coming back around though. You hear like country these days and it's mm. seriously... It's songs like Every Rose Has Its Thorn and yeah, it's yeah. all, it's literally 80s glam band rock <laughs> souped up with banjos. <laughs> but not just that. Hang on, backtrack. Not just that, but there's a lot of that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. How old were you when you had uh, that Poison record? Uh, I would have been, yeah, grade six. Okay. Grade, yeah, grade six, so I suppose, yeah, 12, 13. And did did you straight away go? That's it. I want to pick up a guitar and learn how to do that. No, not when I was listening to that stuff. Um, I was actually actually after my thirteenth birthday um, is when I got into playing music. Yeah. Okay. Um, my mate Michael McCartan mm. uh, taught me how to play "Bad Moon Rising" on an old nice. cut string. Nice. And I was hooked. Wow. John Fogerty, mate. Yeah, what a legend, eh? Got into my blood. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I was hooked. I couldn't put the thing down after that. Nice. And uh, so it, it was literally a lightning bolt moment for you. One day you weren't playing, next day you were playing all the time? Pretty much. It actually was. Um, yeah, I just just got... Um, I was hooked. Seriously, I was. I just loved... I just wanted to learn more and more and more and... Um, um, my mate Mick, he's, a, he's actually a drummer. I mean, he can play a lot, he plays bass these days, but he's, you know, mainly known for, I suppose, for being a drummer. Mm. Um, but yeah, um, once he ran out of things he could show me, yeah, I was soon on the hunt for other, other people to show me anything they could. Did you get, a, like, official lessons or you just got shown things here and there by people? I, in Toowoomba, I used to go, um, I used to ride my bike out to um, Owen Ray's, Owen Ray's, um, of a local legend in that area mm. um, and get um, lessons off Owen mm-hmm. and and then uh, I, I suppose uh, you know as I progressed and become more advanced uh, I um, uh, Dale Robbins who was definitely a local legend uh, guitar hero in Toowoomba mm-hmm. um, I used to go to Dale's house and uh, for a six pack of gold 
every week or every second <laughs> week when he had time. I used to get guitar lessons from Dale Robbins. He's just an incredible player. He's um, uh, he taught me, uh, you know, I suppose how, uh, taste and touch was probably the biggest thing he handed mm. to me. Um, taste and touch. Did he's, you pick um, it up super quickly? He's a weapon. I don't know. Looking um, back on it, do you think you did? I suppose I did. Uh, I was part of a uh, Michael's, me mate Mick, um, his mum um, reeled us, my, me and my brothers, into the Toowoomba Country Music Club. Nice. And uh, yeah, and it was a, like that. Definitely, you know that that's uh, sowed the country music seed into my soul. I reckon uh, there's just so many cool um, people there, and um, spawned so many relationships, which um, you know are still alive today. Um, that's awesome. Yeah, at, at the music club, there was the juniors, which was us, is me and Mick, and uh, you know Chris Mills and Vicky Kolashevsky and um, Limbo Tell, and you know me brother Andy Nath. Um, and a whole swag of others. We were the juniors and we'd always, you know, go to the hall and muck around and, call, you know, cause a ruckus. Yeah. And once, that, once the, the seniors were uh, finished their rehearsal, it was our turn. Nice. Um, I think we used to make a hell of a racket as well. But uh, just so much fun. And, um, and, and they had different clubs all over West, um, southeast Queensland. Okay. So, uh, yeah, so every week... Every second week or week, every weekend, there'd be an, another music, country music festival um, that you'd go and compete in. But it was pretty much just a massive catch-up and just mm. so much fun. You know, um, like Benji Pocock and Sonia Kildy, um, they're on the Sunshine Coast now, but they, you know, they were there back in those days. Um, uh, Stephen Sparrow, Ricky Chaplin. Oh, look, there's so many, so many awesome uh, people. Um, but yeah, I've sort of rabbit holed now. I forgot your original question. No, but, no, uh, it's, it's so have I. It doesn't that's, matter. That's what spawned. Um, you know, that's that's what happened. From um, he said you you're talking about. Did, did I pick it up quickly? But uh, um, people, uh, the seniors from that were back. The seniors from that country music club. Uh, yeah, they were really encouraging, and mm. um, you know, they were always full of compliments that we were. Um, picking things up quick, and there was there was a lot of us in that crew that were maybe naturally took it on, you know, been, had a natural skill to music, I suppose, or mm. um, I don't know the, the correct words to use, but yeah, was there I, we a, all loved it. Was there a part of you as the as the young kind of up and coming guns that wanted to show the the older ones how it was done and thought that your shit didn't stink? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Um, there was a couple. Well, there were a couple of seniors that you did feel things from, and didn't really know how to. You didn't know. Yeah, there was a few little things here and there, but nah, like was, jealousy vibes. Um, I don't know. Just you know, sometimes you know, if we'd um, win, win, you know, come home from a festival with a heap of wins. Um, who knows? It, I don't know. Think you feel a few things here and there from mm. some of some of the people, but uh, no, nah, it's it was can't really. Yeah, put anything bad to it. It was just, um, it was really a great thing to be part of. Yeah, um, those awesome. country music clubs and that that whole southeast Queensland circuit. You know, mm. yeah, it's unreal. Um, it was so cool. I mean, um, Michael Moko, he was he was there as well. Michael Moko. Okay. Um, there's so many others. It's interesting. You and I both kind of started uh, with kind of competitions. I I did talent quests when I was a 
when I was like an 18, 19 year old and I had like a, a, a gold sparkly shirt that my yes, mom- I've seen that footage, <laughs> I've seen that footage. <laughs> you have. And, uh, you know, as I cringed at it for ages and now I look back and I go, fuck, that was a great shirt. I might get mum to make me another one. <laughs> it's, I think it's come back. But um, it's weird because music, you know, it's not a competition. And, and the, the competitive side of music and with all the TV shows and stuff now kind of feels like it's a bit of a cheap and nasty part of the, the industry. But for you and me, it was so formative, you know, in in our early careers how do you how do you look at the whole competitive side of of how you started out yeah well we i i like yeah it is competitive those country music festivals we have that were you know you go and compete but um um there were a few you know yeah you i mean to compete you're like it, it helps you sharpen your skills right so mm. i mean it's a great um it's a great way to you know get kids uh, I suppose, you know, into wanting to get better at something, you know. And, um, yeah. But I don't know. There was something awesome. There was just something really cool about our, the, my childhood growing up in the southeast Queensland area with all those festivals, you know. We, you'd go to, you know, Dolby one weekend, Redlands the next weekend, um, mm. you know, the Gimpy Muster. They had their own talent search as well, mm. um, you know. But all over Warwick, Rose and Rodeo Festival, um, there was – like we just, it was just, just so much fun hanging out with mates. Like, nice. you know, the the jumping on stage and playing an instrumental that I'd spent, you know, the last month learning mm. um, was all of five minutes. And then I had the whole weekend just to muck around with me mates and um, just cause havoc. It was fun, you know. It was, uh, it's different. I think it's different these days, uh, the whole competitiveness maybe. Um, mm. You know, you, like you're saying, the TV shows or whatever. Back then, it was it was more just it was just fun. It was fun, and yeah, you get on stage and you compete, and if you won, bonus. But um, it was more about the the hangout. The hang. Yeah, nice. Yeah. How do you think that that Duncan of thirteen or fourteen doing those shows, or were you about that age or a bit older? Yeah, oh, from yeah, fourteen onwards, I suppose. Yeah. Fourteen, fifteen onwards. Yeah. So how do you how do you think that you know fourteen year old Duncan doing these shows would look at current Duncan. Do you think he'd be like, wow, I really made it? I don't know. Um, I mean, if, I, if, I, back yeah, then, well, you know, <laughs> if, if you could have said you're going to be playing on some of the biggest stages in the, Australia with some of the biggest artists in the country and, and win all these golden guitars, I mean... It must be pretty amazing sitting back and comparing yourself to that fourteen-year-old kid. Yeah, I don't know. I never thought. I've actually never thought that. Um, well, yeah. Um, when I was young, all I wanted to do was play guitar and and um, and play with great musicians. You know, mm. um, uh, you know, Troy Catsadaly used to. Um, with, you know, talking about Owen Ray, who taught me, you know, when I was just starting out, um, Owen Ray used to have a, a shop called International Music in Toowoomba. Mm-hmm. And um, Troy Casadale used to do guitar clinics with, you know, wow. he, he plays Stevie Ray Vaughan stuff and, and some country stuff as well. But, uh, you know, we you know, remember going to watch Troy back then and, you know, 
and think about it, you know. I've, mm. you know um, yeah, I, I suppose after all these years, I've, you know, I've, I've played on stage with Troy and yeah. made a whole heap of videos for him and, yeah. you know, and, and become a really good friend, you know. And mm. um, so, yeah, it's kind of cool, isn't it? If yeah. You look at it like that. Yeah. Young Sorry, Duncan I, I, would have been like, wow, look, look at all the stuff you've done. <laughs> I don't mean to turn it into this is your life, but I just I just think it's kind of interesting to to look back at the the kid that you were when you first started and everything's so bright and shiny and full of possibility. And it's very easy to get caught up in, you know, a lot of the kind of failures that we have from time to time and money pressures and, you know, COVID's obviously been a, a tough time. I think it's kind of nice to look back and look at that kid and go, you know, you did all right. Yeah. It's a nice, it's that um, naiveness that, um, what's the word, Michael? Um, just when you're a kid, you know, nothing's, uh, you can do anything. You know, yeah. You're superhuman, yeah. you know. There's no. Um, the world is yeah, your oyster. You, I mean, if you're in the right, um, obviously some kids grow up without, being in the right zone, you know, hanging out with the right type of crew. But um, if you if you if you're lucky enough to be surrounded by good people, supportive people, um, surrounded by love, mm. yeah, like absolutely, it's like you're immune. Like you're um, anything's possible, and what a cool way to be, eh? Yeah, <laughs> imagine if you could stay like that forever. Yeah, totally. Um, we, you know, you get, it's like you get older, and sometimes you you get in your own way of things, you know. Mm. And you, and you think back to when you were younger and all you wanted to do was jam with your, your friends and yeah. then you get older and basically the only time you jam is when someone's paying you to rehearse or, you know, you, know, you, yeah. you kind of do yeah, well, lose a bit of that innocent just joy of playing. Well, see, I, yeah, I don't, I, I have never, I haven't lost that actually. I, I, I love, I'll, I'll do gigs, I'll sneak away and do a gig for free and, nice. um, I'll, you know, any time I can have a jam here in my in my shed, like I'm down. Like, nice. um, I suppose the time is the hardest thing to find for me. Time to do that mm. uh, between work and then, um, you know, my boys are teenagers now, so I, um, yeah, I'm, I try to spend as much time with them and helping them um, as I can these days as well. So, nice. Uh, but yeah, I, I haven't lost that. I, I seriously love. I just love playing in with people. That's that, unreal. Um, Rubbing music. I think um, even I knew this before we started talking, but just the way you've been talking, community is so important to you, it seems. Um, the, the people around you, you know, you've already mentioned about 12 people who were pivotal in, in your early days. How important is community and relationships in, in keeping the love for this alive? Yeah, I mean, music is collaborative uh, for me. Mm. Um, yeah, it's it's. Yeah, I wouldn't enjoy it as much if it wasn't playing with people and um, those relationships. I definitely wouldn't. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, music's all about sharing for me. Yeah. Some people, you know, can do it all on their own, and 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 but yeah, not me. Yeah. Nice. It is, it is really important. I think, I think that's why you're a very loved member of the community. And I'll, I'll, I'll move on from that because I don't want you to feel awkward in the, in the <laughs> aftermath of that sentence. 
One thing that I noticed, I, I first started playing in the country music scene in about 2009 when I joined um, Melinda Schneider's band. And the first thing that struck me was how incredible the musicianship was in the country music scene. I, I, wasn't, yeah. I wasn't prepared for the virtuosity that I encountered. And you were one of those people that I first met that I went, holy shit, people play guitar that well? It, you blew my mind when I, when I first heard you play. I don't know. There should be a question following that rather than just making that a statement. <laughs> no, I, I, I agree. The, um, yeah, the country music, um, country music is just, uh, I think it's because of the whole collaborative um, aspect of it, you know, with, with, in country, it is really collaborative, you know, with, the, with you know, someone would take a solo, like in your classic country song, you know, um, there'd be a great hook. Um, you know, the, the piano would def would usually take, um, well, it's usually like fiddle or guitar in the first verse, but then second verse is, you know, the piano where they'd play in the space. Yeah. yeah um, yeah. and then someone would take an amazing solo and, and, and that really supports, you know, the, the singer and the, and the melody. Mm. Um, and yeah, there's, and I mean, even apart from the record or the gig, it's, it's all, uh, there's a lot of jamming that goes on behind the scenes in country, isn't there? There's always mm. um, those jam sessions and, yeah. and everyone's, you know, playing solos and, and instrumentals. And then, I don't know, I think it's a great breeding ground um, to, to become a great musician. Yeah, totally. It really is. Totally. Yeah. Do you so, think that um, the, the yeah. country music scene is, in Australia that is, is it big or is it small? I kind of think of it as both. I think it is big. It's very, very supportive. Mm. I know a lot of, um, a lot of, I mean, across the board, um, you know, uh, whether, you know, some, you know, some of the biggest stars, you know, they obviously can go out and, and fill big rooms or, um, you know, bring lots of people to festivals. Mm. Um, but even, you know, someone, someone like me who's just, you know, always been in the background and um, uh, who's sort of just starting out with, you know, my music. Um, mm. I did a gig the other day with um, uh, friends of mine, Drew McAllister and Mike Carr. Mm. And, um, you know, uh, we, we sold out sold out a little venue ourselves, you know. Um, the country music audience are very loyal and very supportive, mm. which it, it, uh, it helps everyone make, you know, a little bit of money and make a living out of it um mm. so i guess in that way it is it is big but um if you compare it to something like nashville or the you know mm. the u.s where there's you know so the population difference is so big yeah um yeah. obviously their big is huge you know yeah, and, uh, yeah. but I, I, f I feel like um although you know if you compare us to nashville yeah we are you know country music here in australia is kind of and it's on the smaller side, but it's uh, for our country. It's actually pretty big because it's um it supports a lot of musicians, a lot mm. of musicians. Mm. Yeah, it really yeah. does, doesn't it? Yeah. Have you ever been tempted to make the big move, like so many others? Um, Do I need to explain where? No, <laughs> to, no I have. Let's for the audience. Let's say that is Nashville. 
yeah, I haven't been tempted to to move. Um, I mean, I've loved visiting Nashville and going over and um, you know, having a great time and getting inspired. And mm. uh, but yeah, never felt like I'd um, want to move or live there. Okay. Um, but you know, never say never. Yeah, um, you must have had. I, I, Sorry, I love Australia. I love Australia. Yeah. I love the people. Yeah, um, me too. Yeah, I love Australia. You must have had so many people over the years telling you to move to Nashville. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't. Yeah, I suppose there's been a few, but yeah. Um, I mean, Stewie and Camille are over there now. I know, you know, I know. I mean, I've I've said that to Stewie myself yeah. um, over the years, you know, and now they're over there. Um, Really kicking goals and doing so well, they've just been accepted of, accepted as, um, you know, the Nashvilleian, if that's what you call it. Mm, that's um, so great. So they're, you know, they're and, brilliant. And, oh, Stewie's, you know, he's he's world class, and, and young Sonny's on his way to be there himself. And um, you know, well, when you Neil's see an amazing singer, and yeah, they're, when they're, you they're, see they're videos of Sonny, like a, a video came up the other day, and it was Sonny that posted it and I was listening to it and I had to look to see whether it was Stu or Sonny playing. <laughs> and, and, yeah. and Stu French is one of the, one of the greatest musicians I've ever sat in front of. And I've had the honor of sticking microphones in front of him and recording him on records. And it's just such a freak talent, but there's Sonny who's, you know, a teenager and, yeah. Sounding like his dad, it's crazy where he could end up, huh? Exactly. Yeah, so young. And um, no, no, Stewie's always been world class. Um, mm. But um, yeah, they're over there having a go and, um, on, you know, on a, an adventure. Yeah. And um, I know I feel like Stewie does miss home uh, when I yeah. talk to him. I feel like he does miss home. And, um, you know, but, uh, you know, they're on, they're on a new chapter and yeah. I'll, I'll play it out. Speaking of new chapters, um, Duncan Toombs has always been known as a guitarist and a and a bit more recently a filmmaker. And you've done pretty bloody all right at both of those things. And now you're a solo artist. Well, I maybe take out the word solo, but you're a, you're an artist uh, releasing your own music. And uh, how does that feel? Oh yeah, it's it's been um, it's good good for the soul, Michael. Um, mm. I've um, yeah, it's it's one of those you know, one of those one day things that I've I've now been able to actually achieve. You know, while mm. you know, over the years, I'll, you know, people will say, "Oh, you should you should sing your own, you should sing your, yourself," or you know, "Have you ever written any songs? You know, you should release something yourself." And like yeah, you always say, "Oh yeah, one day maybe, yeah, yeah, yeah." But, um, yeah, that that one day's finally here, and uh, it's just been awesome. I've been, uh, I've really just loved just putting out my um, my own songs, and all I've, I've only released one so far, but I've got a full <laughs> album, a there, full album ready to go, and uh, my nice. next single is due to drop um, in September. Nice. And, yeah, it's, I'm just really enjoying it. I really am. It's a bit of like, it feels like it's a bit of therapy. For the soul, just to, that's unreal. Yeah, is there a, is there any part of you that's terrified of releasing your own music? I was a little bit anxious. Um, 
and leading up, you know, to releasing Run. Mm. But uh, I don't know. For me, because I've gotten so busy over the last, um, you know, I spent 15 years playing live and touring with, you know, so many different artists over the years. Um, mm. And then I got, I was so busy when I started having a family, I was away so much, you know, I'm, I mean, back in those days, you know, with like I spent five years with Adam Brand and we go on the road for sometimes three weeks, sometimes a month every mm. now and then, you know, and uh, I miss so much of my son's um, first year, Jack. Mm. And um, back then I just yearned for something of my own that I could control because um, I was the only, because, you know, um, Amanda was home with the kid, kids. Yeah. Um, I just yearned for something of my own that I could control when I, if I, if I could stay home or have to go. Because, yeah, I was a gun for hire. So someone says, hey, I've got to run and I've got to, you know, we've got a tour here. It's like, bang, I'm gone. Mm. Um, got to take it to make the money but um, yeah so when I started when I realised I, I liked video editing and I loved video mm. um, I, I just took to it because um, and yeah I got to not take a tour here or there or not take a gig yeah. and, and be a be a dad and be at home or um, yeah and that and that just blew up <laughs> that's <laughs> beautiful uh, we won seven golden guitars in a row and um, it just, it really blew up. Got a small team going and um, so many awesome adventures and memories with such um, beautiful people um, here at the filmery. And, but that took over, that took me away from my music um, way too much. So now here I am in my forties and um, yeah, it's sort of just been slowly um, trying to, pull me back, you know, and um, it's finally happened. So I've released my own music and now my life's leaning back into, into music again. Uh, I'm still doing film, obviously, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I think that's uh, – I've been yearning for it to um, just get back on stage and get, you know, get a, get playing with bands again. And, um, mm. yeah, so it's – I've been not only enjoying putting my own music out there, but I've been really enjoying – just leaning my life back into music again. Mm. It's been so much fun, and um, I'm definitely going to be doing more of it. That's great. I was really surprised we, that you very generously did an amazing session for me the other night, and uh, we did a bit of a remote kind of recording vibe. <laughs> that was and fun. It, it was so fun. <laughs> and uh, I, I remember you saying, oh, I haven't done a remote session, you know, in in ages, I think you said, or, or, or ever or something. And yeah, you said, this is really good because it gets well, me back. We did back it right in, here. Yeah. I was, back in the, I was yeah, here. You were literally there yes, and I was, I was here. here. And yeah. we were looking at each other and I had a guitar in my hands. It was, it was just unreal. Um, and I remember being surprised that, you know, the, the guitar playing side of things had really taken such a backseat to the film side. So it's great that you're feeling like you're finding a balance now. Yeah. Yeah, that's unreal. Um, I think um, the secret, you know, everyone's always searching for the secret of life. But um, yeah, if you can, if you can balance things out, it mm-hmm. seems to be seems to make you happy. Absolutely. How did yeah. the how did the music video side of things start for you, or the filmmaking side of things start for you? Did you fall yeah, well, into it? Was, it? 
like I was saying, I was um, I was yearning for something of my own back then, and my my well, my wife had she had some um, like an old camera, and she had an old Dell computer with some editing software on it, mm. um, and it was one of those old thin line, really you know um, little Dell towers, yeah, yeah. Um, pretty much used for you know, Word documents pretty much, but um, <laughs> I managed to get Premiere Pro on there. Oh, and wow. uh, I I'd, um, I found myself sitting up to like five, six in the morning just editing crap, you know, just cr- taking crap and making something of it. You know, pretty mm-hmm. much what you see on socials, socials these days, <laughs> um, you know, just weird content that just is watchable. You know, I just used to sit there and create all that sort of stuff mm. out of um, just weird you know videos or things from phones back then which weren't very good quality mm. and um and amanda's uh video camera so uh i i had no idea i mean all my life i've loved film i've loved movies mm. um i hate reading i love visuals uh mm. it's just where my brain's wired mm. um i find reading boring but put um something visual in front of me i'm like i'm stuck to it i less you know yeah um Especially when there's a great soundtrack too. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, I just took to it, Michael. It just, um, I didn't realize, but I discovered a you know, massive passion for video editing and filming and creating, creating um, mood. Mm. Like, I used to love, and I, I mean, I still do it today actually. Um, uh, you know, if I have, I mean, all through the filmery's journey, um, we've had people for, over for work experience and, you know, and done a few little talks here or there at different, um, you know, like JMC type things, academies. Uh, but for me, the the fun is in trying to marry the mood of a song to the mood of something visual. Yeah. Um, I've always I always say to um, apprentices here um, that if you if you listen to a song, close your eyes and listen to a song. Um, it's going to inherently put you in a certain mood. It's going to make you feel a certain way. It's going to stir up a certain kind of emotion. Mm. So then if you grab that song and put it aside and then if you can create something visually Mm. that stirs up those exact emotions, when you join them back together and they marry, they both become something more powerful than they ever could have been on their own. Individually, yeah. Yeah, individually. And um, that's where you get, you know, tears. That's when you get Mm. laughter. That's when you get just like, um, that's when emotions overflow. And you go, wow, you know, what a moment. It's because those, what you're hearing and what you're seeing um, impacts you to where emotions do overflow or, you know, memories are created or, you know, something you'll never forget. Um, and, and then I love that. That's what I love. And that's probably always my goal, um, with every video I try and make, you know, I I have made some bad videos like, you know, (laughs) no, I'm no, you know, we've, we've all, um, you know, there's been ups and downs, but, uh, that's always my goal is to try and marry that, that mood that, Mm. um, that a song puts you in Mm. to the, the visual. Yeah. I've, I've always said that a music video has one job and one job only, and that is to make you like the song more. Yeah. Yeah, well... True. 
<laughs> it sh- it anyway, that's detract. the end of the podcast. It shouldn't detract. It shouldn't detract. It definitely, you don't want to, well, I mean, that's, he I was I thinking that was profound. No, well, that's where you can get stuck because, you, you know, some, and, and, and I've, I'm not saying, um, I've, you know, like I said, I've, I've made bad videos, but, um, or videos, hang on, I've made videos that didn't quite, you know, when you watch something and it's just like, mm, it's just something about it, you know, I don't know why, you know. Yeah. Um, but it's the videos you make where you do marry those moods where people mm. go, wow, what a video. Because yeah. it, 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 it enhances the, the spirit and the mood of the song. You know? yeah. It brings that song to life more. Mm. Um, and often if you get it right, um, you always hear comments like, I didn't really like the song, but I watched the video. It's like, wow, that's I right. love this. You know? yeah. that's, where you, that's where you know the director has done his job. Yeah, yeah. You know, the creative's on the money. Nice. Yeah. So I wasn't totally full of shit. No. <laughs> Not totally. So do you reckon that when you when you had that Dell computer loaded with Premiere and that that old camera and you were playing around, you know, until all hours of the night, was that basically the film equivalent of 13, 14-year-old Dunk just jamming on guitar, trying stuff until all hours of the night? Yeah. Like, was it just a playground it was. at first? Yeah, definitely. Just a playground. Mm. Just a playground. Mm. I mean, I, that's my whole world. I, you know, I'm, I don't, I'm just, I'm always playing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you, uh, a mate of mine I've, I've got the chance to work with over the years, um, of recent years, is uh, David Bromley. Uh, he's an amazing artist. And um, he always says, get behind the, the CD, get behind the driver's seat of your create, creativity and nice. play, really yeah. play. Yeah. And um, that always sticks in the air. But I feel like whether I've got a guitar in my hands or, or I'm, you know, creating a music video for someone, I'm always, I'm always, uh, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I don't really, I have a plan. I, I, have, a, see, I have a vision of what I want to get to. But often I don't really have a plan of how I'm going to get there. I just, I just, I'm, I can see a path, but it's like no, it's, often it can be very loose. Yeah, um, yeah. But the moods, like it's in the right zone for the mood. So, um, you, you know, uh, I, um, yeah, I, I'm always just playing. It feels like um, I don't, what am I trying to say? It's like, yeah, I don't always have a plan. I'm just mm. playing. And it's um, luckily, <laughs> luckily, more often than not, it's worked out. Yeah. Not yes. on wood. Yeah, you've done pretty bloody well for yourself, mate. Do you remember <laughs> the first music, music video that you made that was um, actually was, released? Yeah, it was for Stewie and Camille, actually. with that, oh, wow. And I made it with Glenn Wilson because he oh. started out in video when I started out. So, um and, you know, we've obviously collaborated a lot over the years and um, just really good friends, you know, toured with him mm. um, uh, over the year. I'm talking about Melinda Snyder. Uh, yeah, yeah. We, we were both on the Dixie Chicks tour with Melinda back in the day. Um, and then the first gig in Melbourne, apparently we were so good. Well, Melinda's spot was too good because the Thorns complained and... Basically, Melinda had to send myself, Glenn Wilson, and Ian Lee's home on a plane to dumb down the band. It was um, we were gone. 
Yeah. Holy <laughs> so we did crap. A yeah, yeah. So we go back a long way, me and Glenn. Um, but our first video was, uh, yeah, for Stewie and Camille. I filmed yeah. it um, with Amanda's crappy old Sony camera. We used my son Jack's um, pram as a dolly. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> wow. we had Jack's pram and we had yeah. the tripod, this crappy old plastic Taiwanese um, tripod and we let the tires down a little bit on the pram and we used that as a dolly and um, Camille wow. walked across this bridge in uh, Menai yeah. and, uh, yeah, and we shot some other stuff as well. But uh, that was my first ever music video shoot and um, Glenn Wilson edited it and color graded it mm-hmm. and it was it got on CMC. Tim Daly played it. Wow. Good on you, Tim. <laughs> and he Good kicked on off, you, uh, He helped spawn the... Uh, a light that I, or like a light bulb moment was like, oh, I could actually do this. It's actually, Did, I can do this. Were you watching it the, <laughs> the first time it got played on CMC? Um, I, well, yeah, I, I definitely saw it on CMC, but I, I can't, I'm not sure if it was the first time it got, ever right. got played. Right. Yeah. But yeah, I definitely watched it when I could. <laughs> that must have been such a great feeling. Yeah, it was. And, um, and that's what really sort of set off like, I can. Um, this is something I can grab hold of and and make my own, and that I can try and balance my life more so, so I could be a father to my two boys. Uh, that's and I took to it. That's bloody beautiful, Dunk. That's a beautiful <laughs> story. Can we just go back to that Dixie chick story? Because that that's a bit mind blowing. <laughs> so how did how did you guys hear about that? Well, no, we. we did our set, and mm. the crowd loved it. Melinda sang her ass off. Um, She's an incredible singer. Um, trying to remember who else was in the band. Uh, um, can't remember. I think Tim Weddy was on the keys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and someone else, I can't remember. But, yeah, it was an amazing gig. The crowd went off. And then the Thorns went on after us before the Dixie Chicks in Melbourne. Right. And the crowd, the they just did from? it. Um, it was Nashville. They're from mm. Nashville. Um, the, the, one of the lead singers for the Thorns was, uh, what was his name? He, he did all that spoken word stuff back in the day when it started to become cool. Um, I can only oh. think of Serge Gainsbourg, but I'm assuming it's not that. The Thorns. I just got to type it Do in Do a now. bit of Googling. The Thorns. Yeah, his name. Sean Mullins. Yeah, Sean ah, Mullins. She grew yeah. up with the children of the stars. That's it. Yeah, 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 exactly. He does that sort of spoken word stuff. Matthew yeah. Sweet, Pete Trodge, and Sean Mullins. Anyway, um, so those cats were... I'll just bring this back up. So um, those cats went on after us. And they just yeah. didn't connect. Like sometimes American acts come over here and remember, um, you know, even what, even at the Gibby Muster where they used to bring us some American acts over and the hill would just go quiet. There's just no, you know, they'd start singing about the American flag too much. I don't, I don't know. There's just mm. sometimes American acts come over and they just, they just, they don't connect for whatever mm. reason. Mm. Um, and that happened in Melbourne that night. And we're in our dressing room. And we, 
like I don't know. There just there was this vibe going on once the Thorns had finished, and I think you know I don't I'm not sure if it was Sean or one of the three guys. They weren't happy because um, they just you know they 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 bottomed at their um, their first gig in Australia and they blamed us because. We were this full band. That were just the three of them. They just did it on their own with acoustics, I think. Right. And we had this big band, and Melinda sang great, and it was you know great harmonies, and it sounded awesome. And so yeah, before you knew it, um, it was the one and only Dixie Chicks tour gig I did with um, with that outfit. And oh uh, Glenn Wilson, myself, and Ian Lee's were on a plane home the next day, um, and we had the whole tour booked in. You know, we were meant to go around the country. And uh, it's funny, we, we actually took a photo of ourselves uh, waiting for the plane home and we, um, we tagged the photo of the three chumps. And to this day, <laughs> to this day, we, we always say, oh, you're just a chump, mate, just a chump. Wow. And, um, takes, us, takes us back to that moment. That's amazing. Yeah. Were you absolutely gobsmacked when that happened? Oh, yeah, well, I was, you know, we were all gutted. We just couldn't believe yeah. it, to be honest. It's yeah. like... Oh man, come on! Yeah, just like relax. Just we're just having a bit of you know, we're just it's playing. Just... <laughs> it's just music. Don't yeah. take it so seriously. Or write no, a I mean... song that's going to connect to Australians. I don't know. Who, who knows? Either way, it's it's bad for sportsmanship, I suppose, of the yeah. music arena. Talk about competitiveness, like we were talking about before. Well, well if you got a, just... if you got a, if you're a good. If you're a good musician, you're a good singer, and and you've got a good bank of songs. Um, yeah, I mean Ed Sheeran holds. Ed Sheeran yeah. stands in the stadium on his own. Yeah, and yeah. um, and just, I mean, you know, it just goes to show. I mean, where's where are those guys these days? I've never really heard of. I don't know what they're doing. Yeah. Well, hopefully, watching <laughs> this podcast, you bastards. Yeah. I suppose I don't re- didn't realize what they were actually doing to, yeah. to the three chumps at the time. That's right. Creating a lifelong bond of chumps. Oh, you bastards. You <laughs> bastards. <laughs> that's, an, that's an amazing story. What, um, if I said to you, can you think of like your first real pinch yourself moment? Does what comes to mind? Um, oh, I don't know. First, I'm, not, I'm trying to think of my first one. I don't know. Um, maybe playing on stage with the Gimpy Muster. Mm. But a big one that I can remember is playing guitar with Brent Mason. That was amazing. It just in, in a shack um, about an hour south of, um, of Nashville. I was, myself and Josh here at the filmery, we, um, we took off to America for a month to film a series with Kevin Buddy Wilson. And it was a serious, oh, it was wow. a songwriting series about, because Kev's a great song songwriter. Mm. And um, yeah, he, he's, um, he's, he's, he's had this idea and he's, I'm not sure where he is at with it, where he is at it. Yeah. I'm not sure where he's at at the moment with this idea. Yeah. But um, it, was a, it was a really cool concept for a, a TV show. So we took off for a month and filmed in, in the States. Um, uh, I won't say exactly what the show is because I don't want to, you know, I, I don't want to wreck it for Kev. Yeah. But we were filming a spot in Nashville. We booked this log cabin about an hour south of Nashville, and we, um, Kev, spent you know a good three hours or so with Brent Mason, 
uh, Brent was trying to teach him how to write a classic country song. In uh, uh, you know, obviously covered a lot of the um, the the musical aspects of it. You know, mm. the musicianship side of that. Mm. And uh, at the end of the shoot, um, the sun was almost down, and and Kev, uh, um, love you, Kev, um, <laughs> said to Brent, actually, this guy on this camera over here, this big fella, he, um, he's actually a you know a guitarist. Um, what's the chance um, we can just film a bit of you guys having a bit of a jam? So uh, next minute, um, Brent and I are playing Worker Man Blues on a couch um, across from each other in a log cabin in, the, in the woods an hour south of Nashville. And uh, that was awesome. That was Unreal. pretty cool. Um, <laughs> it's funny, um, a couple of years later, I was in Nashville again with Troy Daly filming um, Troy making an album. With, uh, with all those guys and Brent was on the session and right. uh, I, I never said anything because I, I, I just thought he wouldn't remember me like he would he's not gonna remember you know because this guy's around so many people every day of his life yeah. um, I, I just assumed he wouldn't remember me but um, I, I was making him cups of tea um, and coffee uh, anytime they'd come in and look at Charles, I'd say, I mean, I said to everyone, but it's like, oh, Brent wants one. Yeah, sure, I'll make Brent a cup of coffee or a cup of tea. <laughs> uh, that was another pinch yourself. I mean, yeah, he's probably one of the, I don't, I've never really gone fanny around like, you know, fan guy or fan, you know, they say, is that, is that how they say it? Fan guy, oh, yeah, fan guy. I, I think so. Uh, I've never, I never really have gotten that way around people, um, you know, that are, you know, famous and stuff. But Brent is a different thing. I don't know why. I just go weird. I just go gaga in front of him. I just think he's a such a <laughs> god of a guitarist. And um, yeah, you know, I remember like that's a pinch for him making making coffee for Brent while he's looking at you know charts of Troy's before they go in and do another song. Uh, I, 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 I just I so wasn't expecting your pinch myself moment to be making coffee for someone. Right. <laughs> <laughs> hey. We've all got our addictions, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've all got yeah, our demons. Some of us more than <laughs> others, don't. Um, have you conversely ever had a moment on stage where you wish that the stage would just swallow you up? Oh, yeah, when you hit a clanger, for sure. Yeah. But it's kind of, I sort of laugh at them these days. Yeah, yeah. Um, or when you start a song on the wrong key, or you've got the capo on the wrong fret. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. There's nothing much worse. It's just like, no. kill me now, God. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> For the love of all that's good and holy, take me from this earth. <laughs> uh, it really is uh, a roller coaster of a, of a job, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's a mix of emotions. Yeah, yeah. Do you, um, <laughs> do you have a set kind of creative process, Dunk, in terms of, well, let's, let's look at film for a second. Do you have a set way that you like to approach making a a, a film or a, specifically a music video, for example, or does it all unfold completely different each time? Yeah, once I get, well, yeah, it's it's all it's about trying to find um, a creative that's going to suit, going to put the viewer in the right mood. Once I get that in my head, um, yeah, it's just like. Just do it. I can. Mm. I, I just. Yeah. I don't really have. There's no. Like I said. I look. I'm. The probably better way to describe me is I. 
I'm not good at structure. I don't, I, I can't structure my, I have, so I have trouble, I have trouble with balance, you know, in my yeah. life. Um, yeah. I don't have structure and I'm happy to live in chaos. I just, yeah. I can literally come to work to know when I've got to, there's a couple of things I've got to get done, but, um, Somewhere along the way, I end up doing 10 other things. And I can literally, throughout a day, just jump from job to job to job to job like a yo-yo. Um, and probably not the most efficient way to get things through the hoop. But um, it's just me. It's just part of who I am. Um, I just, yeah, I lack, I lack the ability to really have structure. So when I am um, in the creative process, what gets me through is my ability to see the edit in my head, I can visualize what I want it to look and feel like. Mm. Um, so I guess I get the chance to make it up as I go a bit. I mean, if you ever talk to Glenn Wilson, he'll, he'll attest to that. He's, um, we often, <laughs> he'll often see, um, he's got this photo. Um, uh, I wish I could find it. I'll put it on the screen for you. But um, yeah. if you're ever talking to Glenn, um, Glenn Wilson, it was something, we were filming a Sara Story video and it was in here, we created this massive set and um, yeah, it was a pretty powerful video actually, it was um, pretty confronting about child abuse. But um, I think I remember that one. Do you? Yeah, yeah was well, that I, maybe nine years ago or something like that? Yeah, it was a fair while ago, yeah. it was a fair while ago. Yeah, that was um, amazing. I had all this stuff to do, like there was lots, lots of different elements and um, and... My, I had this like, uh, you know, some people have like a, a shot by shot checklist or, you know, a, a storyboard, but my, 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 my list that I was carrying around that Glenn grabbed off me at the end of the day and just laughed at me and he held it up to the camera and took a photo. It was something like um, um, Sarah doing something, um, <laughs> actor doing something and other stuff. That was it. it was <laughs> and other stuff. <laughs> um, uh, that was my storyboard, and um, Glenn always uh, has a has a bit of a chuckle, but he's a chump too. So he he's just a chump. No, um, but yeah, we, we uh, often laugh about those. Um, yeah, I I try and structure. I make the best intentions to structure, but yeah. usually, whether I'm um, making a video or I've got a guitar in my hands, and I've you know listened to the song a few times, and I sort of know pretty much what the songs about and uh, you know I've got sort of the licks in my head mm. you know I've sort of run them and but you know I don't play them exactly um, I'm just winging it I'm just winging it and you know mm. I'm I'm riding the lightning no matter what I'm doing yeah and I guess you know there's obviously nothing's nothing's perfect but in that um in that ride you often come up with things that um yeah like well where did that come from or yeah, you know, wow! I never thought of that. You know, yeah. um, so I guess pros and cons. But Do you ever think about where those those moments of inspiration come from, or do you, do you kind of try and work out what it actually is, if it's you or if it's from somewhere else, and if it's from somewhere else, where? inspiration for well, uh, like videos a, or songs or just when you you might be doing something and you go hold i don't know where that idea came from i've never played that lick before i've never you know just those moments yeah. of pure inspiration when you're kind of riffing or jamming 
yeah, often often it'll be like if I'm in the studio, it'll often be um, someone else saying that. Where did that come from? Mm. And my pretty much ninety nine percent of the time, my response is I have no idea what I just did. Yeah, and yeah, I don't because yeah. I'm I'm literally yeah just um I'm I'm not really there. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. don't know. I yeah. guess I feel that way. I'm just it does because like people people say well like you know what how did that happen or you know what did you how did you play that or like well what was that lick and I was like like it's literally two seconds later and I go well I don't know can you play it mm. back I have no idea what I did or how I did it it's just happened. I'd love to explore that a bit, if that's all right. Because, cool. um, you know, athletes talk about being in the zone, you know, and and musicians do too, you know, when they're on stage and they're in this or in the studio and they're in the zone. And to me, that means that they've turned off thinking, you know, they're not thinking anymore. They're just allowing all of their training and all of their skills to just pour out in in an organic fashion and i just find it fascinating where does that you know how do people harness that or how do people open themselves up to that kind of creative muse yeah well i feel like it's um trying to do a deep dive into it it's probably more the ability to um, express yourself in a certain way. Like some people, you know, are good at poetry and and they they're great at reciting it. And when they start reading it, it just takes on this new. It's like wow, it's it's just it's there's it's not just like they're reading words. It's like something's yeah. taken over. It's because yeah. they've worked out a way, or it feels natural to they've got a natural pathway for that emotion to channel through. And there's nothing blocking what they're doing it's just literally coming straight from their heart and it's going straight out um their brain doesn't stop it or block it or or you know deflect it in any way where it becomes something um not raw raw emotion yeah um when i play guitar yeah i definitely zone out i i um you know, i don't play things exactly like other people if i'm learning parts um it's like once I go to play it, it's just like it just comes out and it's just mm. it's gone. There's nothing really. My brain's not in the way to make it Criticize. sound exactly like someone. It doesn't mm. work that way. It's just my path, my that emotional pathway form, which is boom, it's just out. Like it happens the way it happens and it's gone and I don't even know what I played. Um, of course, it's in the zone because, you you know, it's something like what – you know, the artist wants you to be playing or, or, mm. but, um, something about, I suppose, yeah, when you, when you, um, get to a certain point where you've practiced enough or mm. you've, you've, you've had, you've, do you know what I mean? Am I explaining it right? It's just like, yeah, totally. Um, yeah, there's, I feel free to, be, I find it easy and there's nothing, nothing that blocks, um, the emotion of playing or singing, um, for me, I can just push that out straight from my heart. My mind doesn't get in the way. Yeah. It doesn't. Um, That's beautiful. I think, I think the block for a lot of people, uh, and certainly myself included at times, is the internal critic that says, you're not good enough. Do you ever face that internal critic? 
Yeah, I think that's that comes after. Yeah, but you're not yeah. good enough. Yeah, I, comes well, at I suppose different it comes at different space, points. Di- yeah, different points. Yeah, yeah. I think we um. Yeah, I suppose. I don't think that a lot. I don't think I'm not good enough. I um, for being completely honest, sometimes I feel like more for me is like I don't deserve. You know, you know, maybe more of that angle. Um, but um, why? Why do you I, think I, that is? I don't know. Not that I, you know, sit there and think I don't deserve stuff all the time. It's just mm. I don't. I don't think. I never think in my brain. In you know, um, I'm not good enough. I just. I um. I just think um, everyone's got something to offer. Everyone's got their own. It help. I mean, I think it helps as you get older. You, you know, you can you see these things for what they are. But yeah, everyone's got their own. Everyone's got something to offer in this world, and um, we we all yeah doubt, and we all you know go down those roads of disbelief or not believing in ourselves, or mm. or you know my stuff's not good enough. Um, and maybe my thing where it's you know I, I'm not good enough is. Uh, comes from the fact that I don't really, I, I don't feel like I master, you know, like if you're talking about learning a, you know, a song or a guitar lick or whatever, I never played exact. I can't, I just cannot play something exact. I don't know why. It's like wow. I hear it, I can hear it, and then, but for me to play it, it has to come through this, it comes out of my heart. If, yeah. uh, I know it sounds cheesy, but... No, it's, it's going it through does. the Duncan it's, Tombs it's, filter. It's something raw. When I, It's rawness when I play. Mm. Um, I can't think. It doesn't work like that. If I think, it's, it's all over. So, mm. um, um, but out of that, sometimes you think, oh, you know, I, I don't play things exactly or, you know, I, I can't do exactly what... I'm not clinical like other players um, sometimes. Is and, that right? Um, Maybe I'm not good enough. I don't know. You know that, that's where that belief comes in. Um, but uh, I suppose as I've gotten older, you know, it is what it is. And hmm. sometimes raw emotion um, without the brain involved to make something clinically perfect, um, people people respond to that far yeah. more than someone wowing someone because they clinically nailed a perfect take. Absolutely. Um, Emotion wins in the end, you know. Yeah. I think you should go back and um, listen to Every Rose Has Its Thorn and learn the guitar solo note for note. DC <laughs> Deville, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, oh, man. I'd love to talk about the comparison between um, being a, a musician and a, a filmmaker the, the creative process either of writing a song or coming up with parts for a song as a gun for hire, as a guitarist, for example, does it feel like it comes from the same creative part of the brain as the part of you that comes up with film ideas? Um, or is that a really shit question? No, it's, well, it, it, it sort of does, yeah. I mean, you know, again, I'm just, you know, a song will make me feel an emotion and I use that emotion, I pick up that raw emotion 
and I think, wow, what 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 am I what is what am I thinking visually while I'm basically you know sifting through that emotion I'm feeling, you know. Mm. Um, so in a way, it does. Yeah, it, it helps me with my video work. Um, mm. um, yeah, kind of anything I do, I um, mm. kind of react emotionally. Mm. <laughs> can be good. Yeah, I can tell. Can be That's good. Beautiful. Other times not. Other times not. Um, yeah. Are you? Uh, you don't have to answer this, and I'll I'll preface it with I definitely am. But are you a? Do you cry a lot? I cry a lot. Are you I, a crier? Not a lot, but if if yeah, if motion gets to me, yeah, I'm gone. Yeah, I'm yeah. gone. Yeah, I'm hopeless. If, um, oh, it's it's actually it's it's tough. Um, you know, watching a movie with the kids sometimes, and you know, and uh, you know, if something's pretty dramatic, or you know, a feeling, you know, the you know, the music hits and there's something going on. Yeah. I'll um, you know, I'll be holding back a little bit, and the kids look at you. <laughs> it's like. Are you are you crying? And I'm like, no. It might, you know, the, obviously they can see you. The the eyes are a bit more watery. Yeah. Um, but there's always a bit of fun in the lounge room. <laughs> but yeah, no, I do. I suppose I do. Yeah, things. I react emotionally. Um, uh, I'm an emotional guy. Yeah. But, uh, and that's a beautiful thing. Like I said, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, we're all different, but um, um, sometimes those things can help you um, in other ways like they do for me. I use my emotions to my advantage, I suppose. Mm. In what, in what ways? Uh, With music and film, you know, I, um, Mm. I it's the same stuff that helps me do what I do and create. Mm. Yeah. So having a job like you do, which is just playing all the time, basically you're just playing with toys. What do you do to unwind when you need to unwind from that? Um, look, I through COVID, I took up golf and I love playing golf. Man, let's play. I'm I'm a golf love nut. Playing golf. Yeah. Um, I used to I used to have a boat, which I sold to pay off my red camera. Just, nice. just sitting back there. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, my my father passed away last year, and he had a really old tinny that we were going to um, uh, take out. Um, we, we had it all ready to go and then he got crook. Um, oh, but that boat's now sitting in my driveway and um, it was actually just on Sunday, 12 months since he passed away. And um, yeah, so we're just about ready to, um, I'm going to take it out and um, grab the banjo and just sit out on the water with the banjo and have a few beers and um, yeah. Toast one to dad. That's beautiful. I I lost my dad at eleven, so I kind of, um, you know, it's a it's it's something that you never get over, but um, you know, you can you can keep them alive in in many ways. Um, but that's pretty heavy. Yeah, <laughs> I was yeah. I was with him. Um, uh, I was in Toowoomba last last week, and um, yeah, I went and visited. His grave, and um, mm. I don't know. I still feel, I still feel him around me. I still feel him around me. I feel, like, I don't know. I feel like I sort of, I've talked to him, you know, here and there. Mm. And um, yeah, that's but, uh, that, that's I actually can't believe it's really been 12 healthy. Months. Yeah, 
it's actually really healthy to talk to to them mm. um because you it, it, you can keep a relationship there and yeah anyway i don't know that's a lot um yeah um so what advice sorry i just yeah, no, obviously, that's a big thing for you, you know, um, and, you know, um, that's probably, you know, since 11, wow, I can't imagine, you know, yeah, that's a big thing to, to carry around, you know, since 11. Yeah, it, it, look, it is, um, and, and obviously, the, the more time that goes on, uh, the easier it does become in, in some ways, but I've kind of learnt through some great counselling, particularly how to how to have have a healthy relationship with my dad's death yeah. and i think for me uh, up until i saw my counselor who i recorded a podcast with actually um and that'll be coming out at, at some point um probably before this one goes out but um i i saw an amazing amazing counselor and uh i always thought that i knew how to process dad's death because I cried a lot. And so I thought that was all you needed to do was just let it, let it go. But he really taught me to, um, you know, to, so dad's death, dad, dad for me always represented sadness because I'd lost him at such an early age. So whenever I thought of dad, it was the main kind of thought was the sadness that was residual. Yeah. Yeah. And what my counselor taught me is that it's how to enjoy the other parts of my relationship with, with my dad, which was, you know, the, the happiness as well. And yeah. so now when I think about my dad, it's not just sadness. Um, yeah. It's, it's both. And that, that was a, a huge thing. Huge thing. I think it's good to hang on to the, hang on to the good things, you know? Yeah, Definitely. Yeah, um, totally. I do that with my dad, you know. Um, my mum and dad split up when, when I was young. Right. Um, you know, and dad had a lot of problems with alcohol over the years. Mm. And, um, but uh, I think it's something my mum installed into the three of us boys is um, her ability to forgive. And um, Amazing. Yeah, she, um, yeah, my mum, just one of those like an angel on earth, you know, um, it's one of the kindest people and, um, she oh. definitely helped shape the hearts of us three boys, uh, Nathan, myself and Andrew. And, um, yeah, but I look, I can't help. It's just like as simple as, as something as it's just like breathing. I always look for the good in people. And I think I owe that to my mum, and, um, I, you know, I do that with my dad and it, but you know, he was, his mind got in the way of a lot of things for him. Yeah, when he was young, he uh, he was seven. I don't know, maybe put it on. I think he was. I can't remember. He was nine or something. He was playing on a roof in Toowoomba with his brothers and mates, and he fell through his big warehouse. Fell through the roof, dropped like 12, 15 meters through barrist, um, through um, wood at the top, and then straight onto a cement floor. He was in a coma. Um, Man. So when he woke up, he had to learn how to walk and talk again, and um, and he uh, had to start 
um, he stayed back a whole year in school because um, of, you know, obviously the learning thing. Um, and all his life, he always had, you know, just, I suppose, just trouble. Um, he was aggressive um, at times and just always, you know, just always. Uh, and my uncle, my uncle Greg, he always said uh, he'd uh, start a fight in an empty room. In an empty house, um, anybody could. But um, but but up amongst all that, he had a he had a heart of gold. Hey, eh? he um, at his funeral, so many people just had so many amazing things to say about him. How he just he was so giving and such a such a pure heart, and and he did. And um, and that's what I hang on to. I, I just hang on to um, just you know, just all the good things. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, we've all got our demons. Um, yeah. Why, why hold on to that stuff, you know? So um, always try and look for the good. Uh, like, again, I think I've got my mother to thank for that stuff. Mm. Always look for the good in life or good in someone. I think of, of all you, all the things you've said, that that is just so profoundly beautiful. You know, and thank, thank God for your mum and... and for your dad with his heart of gold and the fact that they brought you into the world, we're all luckier and richer for it. Um, what advice would you, sorry, to, you know, just <laughs> left turn. What, a, what advice would you have for up and coming creatives that are trying to make a, a living out of, or at, at least just trying to do something that they love and see where it takes them, what, what advice would you have for them? Um, like Bromley says, get behind the, the driver's seat of your creativity and just play. Um, kind of just works, isn't it? Like just, you just got to play. If, it, if, if um, um, I mean, we're, we're constantly, as you get older, you're constantly surrounded by it reminded of the fact how quick and how short life is. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I've never, I've never felt comfortable being a preacher. And again, it's probably, um, due to the fact I don't feel like I, I'm just winging it as I go, you know, I don't, yeah. it all comes yeah. from that space. Like what I was talking about. Um, totally. that's where my self doubt comes to us from as well. So I never, I've never felt comfortable as a preacher, but, um, yeah, life short. Just if 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 something if you if you find something that that makes you, that excites you that um that inspires you you just gotta you just gotta jump on it and have a go and um um and and be willing to go through you know hard times whether it's financial or be willing to go through um, what you need to go through to um to get you there you know. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm sure you can uh, think of a few things as well, but there's many times uh, throughout, you know, my, you know, early 20s of, you know, out there playing and, you know, just, I don't know how, like, I remember surviving on two-minute needles and cans of tuna <laughs> yeah. um, at once, you know, from in parts of my life, you know. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think just, I think uh, these days, um, obviously it's a different world for kids these days. 
Um, and there's that's way there's actually a lot more competition. So in a way, it's mm. it's they've got a lot a lot more resources available to them. But um, at the same time, there's so many people trying to do all the same things. You know, mm. so um, my my advice would be know who you are and be proud of who you are and do you do you just do stay in your lane and do you because that's the only thing that's going to set you apart from so many other people um don't try and imitate just do you and at the end of the day you're probably going to be happier anyway because you, you haven't tried to be anyone else if, hmm. if if things don't work out exactly what you dreamed at least you've had fun doing you not, yeah not slaved away and tried to be someone else yeah yeah totally that's my advice i have but i'm not preaching no preaching <laughs> well you know i wouldn't call that preaching my friend i i i have goosebumps and i have a serious case of the warm and fuzzies um mate you are one of the most loved people in the industry and anyone that's watched or listened to this will know why. Thank you so much for joining me. It's been not only fun and, uh, and a, a blessing to talk to you on the podcast, but a total honor. And, um, thank you for joining me, my friend. Oh, no worries. Mama. Thanks, mate. And thanks for having me. Um, it's been, a, it's been a good chat. Nice. I really enjoyed it myself. I really enjoyed it. Me too, mate. Thank you so Let's much. Let's do another session sometime soon, eh? <laughs> Absolutely. I'll, I'll have to write another joke song. <laughs> <coughs> did you see the video, by the way? Yeah. Oh, it's unreal, mate. You did a great job. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, mate. You got the gift. Winging it. Winging it. <laughs> I got the gift of something. I don't know what it is, but it's something. That's uh, all right, legend. Awesome, mate. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Thanks, man. <laughs> <laughs>